Welcome to the Disruptor Series Podcast, Adweek's Agency Podcast of the Year. Every episode, we listen to and learn from people who are disrupting business, culture, and life. Here are your hosts, Asha Davis, Strategy Director, and Rob Schwartz, CEO of TBWA Shive Day New York. Well, thank you for tuning in. Our guest today is Roxy Young, otherwise known as the Chief Marketing Officer of Reddit. You might have heard about Reddit recently. After all, they've been disrupting the Super Bowl, Wall Street, and this week, Washington, D.C. My heavens, how lucky are we to get the inside scoop from the woman who's leading the charge. Roxy Young, welcome to the Disruptor Series podcast. Yeah. Hi. Thank you guys for having me. It's great to be here. Welcome. This is great. Um, I, Asha, we're getting some very good guests lately. I'm oh, I'm, ex- I'm so excited. <laughs> and for our listeners, today is actually the day after that big Congress hearing. So we are really uh, getting to talk to Roxy at a pretty cool time. Let's just start with uh, the elephant in the room. Roxy, do you get your stock market tips from the Wall Street Bet subreddit? <laughs> that is a great question and a fantastic way to kick off this discussion. But I'm sorry to say that on a personal level, my investment philosophy is a lot more boring and simple than many of the people in the Wall Street Bets community. When I was in my early 20s, I read this book called A Random Walk Down Wall Street. I highly recommend it. Great book. Um, yes, it is a great book. And so I personally just subscribe to a much simpler and, and less volatile approach to investing. But what I can say is that I get so many other tips from the fabulous communities that are on Reddit. I spend hours of my day on skincare addiction, learning about you know the best moisturizers and techniques to keep my skin looking youthful. I get all of my culinary inspiration from this amazing community called COVID Cookery, which unlike other communities where people are just showcasing these really beautiful, perfect meals, COVID Cookery is you know real people doing real things and just trying to get through this pandemic and have spent a lot of time over the last year as you know, everyone has been at home and doing new things on our slash fermentation and learning how to ferment things and salsa snobs. So although I don't get stock tips, I do get many other tips. Awesome. And for our listeners, Roxy's skin looks fantastic, by the way. I know you guys <laughs> can't see that, but, uh, you know, <laughs> we can use some of those tips over here. <laughs> no, I mean, the tips you know, are great. It's real. It's real. Yes. <laughs> I, mean, I, think, I, think, yeah, I mean, I think you're hinting at something interesting and, and uniquely Reddit. There's something about the passion of these communities and the credibility of the peers in them. Is that kind of why this thing sparked to this, you know, the GameStop thing? Yeah, what we share when we're out you know, talking to brands and advertisers about why Reddit is a relevant place for them to be, our primary statement is Reddit is where passionate communities drive action. And I think the recent events related to Wall Street bets just showcase how that is true. Our mission is to create community and belonging for everyone in the world. And Wall Street Bets is just this amazing example of a vibrant and active community focused on stock trading. On Reddit, unlike some other platforms, we're not requiring you just to share things that you aren't comfortable sharing about yourself. You know, mm. you can be fluffy bunny and you can be really interested in stock trading. And what that does is it creates this realness and this authenticity 
on the platform across all of our communities. And, you know, I think one of the things that's just really interesting about many of our communities, including Wall Street Bets, is there's this code of conduct and language Mm. and jargon that, you know, starts emerging within these communities. And people trust one another in these communities. Mm. You know, people aren't, they're not influencers. They're not out to grow their following. They share these passions and they come together in our communities and they drive action. And, you know, maybe it's around, you know, buying particular stocks. Maybe it's certain skincare products. You know, maybe it's, you know, an electronic good. But Reddit is where passionate communities drive action. Uh, And it's been great to see over the last several weeks how that has come to the forefront. It's really interesting because yesterday your CEO, Steve Huffman, really did speak about the value of the anonymity within Reddit. And obviously that is quite a point of difference than other platforms like Facebook and Twitter, which he called out. And I I think it's interesting and I would just love to unpack that a little bit in terms of the notion of more authenticity, the more anonymous you are. Yeah, I'll give you a personal example so I've been talking a lot about skincare. So hopefully when people listen to this podcast, you know, they'll, they'll come away with something other than, you know, all of my talk about skincare, but I have a skin condition and it's called rosacea and I won't go on Facebook or Instagram and talk about that and share how I'm trying to deal with it. But on Reddit, I'm not Roxy Young with this perfect picture I'm whatever username I want to be, and I can go into that community and I can share authentically and people can share their experiences back with me, you know, what they've tried, what's worked for them. And so, you know, I think this, the fact that, you know, you're not trying to get likes and followers Mm. and have to, you know, represent just the best version of yourself every single day allows you to share and contribute openly and honestly. And, you know, in the Wall Street Bets community, people share, I think they're literally sharing screenshots of gains and losses. And, you know, you, that's not something you would do on on other platforms. And so, you know, people are being open and honest and transparent and authentic. And it is definitely what is driving that trust and that feeling of community. Yeah. And and the other piece to that, which Steve also mentioned, was the upvoting, right? So for folks that are not as familiar with Reddit, essentially upvoting is Reddit's version of likes, but it's actually kind of uh, verifying that this works or I agree with this. And so essentially the more your content or your sort of note becomes upvoted, the more people actually get to see it. So tell us a little bit more about that as well. Yeah. What's really interesting about Reddit is that we not only have an upvote, but we also have a downvote as well. And every single community has its own rules. So for example, if you go into a community that is all about cats and I post a picture of my dog, that might get downvoted because Mm. this community is about cats and it's about cute cats. And if I put a picture of a dog, you know, as great as my dog is, that's not the appropriate content for that community. People can downvote it and say, hey, listen, this doesn't belong here. It's not for this community. And so we have visibility into both an up signal and a down signal. And that down signal really helps us understand when content isn't appropriate for a particular community and helps us understand what should rise to the top in a particular community. 
So it's kind of, you know, listen, it's a form of, of, of self-regulation too. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. regulates itself. I was, I was thinking as you were explaining this anonymity piece, accountability through anonymity, it's just struck me that I think you cracked what the Catholic Church has been trying to crack. <laughs> I mean, what a confessional, right? <laughs> there are many confession uh, subreddits. Yeah. If you, if any of our there are, there's a there, lot. There I, I, it's, yeah, it's, <laughs> those are some of They're, the most fun threads, actually. Yeah, they they definitely are. Tales from yes. so you know for for people who you know are working in certain roles. One of my favorites is. Tales from the front desk, and it's about people who work in hotels, and you know can tell you some really funny stories about you know people who come in to their hotel. Love it. Uh, You mentioned cats a little earlier, and uh, I think one of my (laughs) new best friends is Roaring Kitty, Uh, (laughs) aka Keith Gill, aka he was actually for folks that don't know one of the folks that spoke at the hearing yesterday, and he was sort of one of the more active members of Wall Street Bets. And, you know, just talking a little bit about sort of how these subreddits are used, you know, one thing that Keith kind of mentioned was he's got a background in basically financial education, right? And that was kind of one of the things that he said he was leveraging Wall Street Bets to do, was to basically share knowledge and and that, Mm -hmm. you know, regular, quote unquote, regular people sort of don't get, you know? And Mm -hmm. so when we think about the different uses, it's not just fun and tales from, it's also actually a way to just find out information that is kind of unbiased in a way, you know, and and, and we'd love to kind of just hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, absolutely. So a few years ago, we dug into exactly this, which is what is the feeling, like the emotional feeling that people get when they leave Reddit And how does that compare to the other platforms? And the reason that we dug into this was because as a marketer, I needed to understand what is the value of our platform and how is it differentiated from how you're using Twitter, how you're using Instagram, how you're using Snap, how you're using Facebook. And the number one was I feel entertained which is not surprising. We just, you know, sat here and, and laughed about so many really funny things about Reddit, whether it's, you know, Tales From or Cats Standing Up. But the number two item, and it was almost tied, there was like two percentage point difference, was I feel informed. Mm-hmm. And that was dramatically different from how they felt when they left Twitter, how they felt when they left Snap, how they felt when they left Instagram. And that's not surprising, right? You're, you're coming to Reddit. You are engaged in a community that you are interested in, you are passionate about. And the wisdom of all of these other people who are also super passionate about this topic leaves you with a feeling of being deeply informed and you're, you're being deeply informed by all of these other people in this community. And so I would agree with you that all of these communities have really passionate people who are sharing their experiences, which leads to this feeling of being deeply informed. Yeah. And, and I was informed yesterday that Roaring Kitty is in fact not a cat. Uh, so, <laughs> just in case anyone was wondering. How funny was that? I, I was listening in and, and watching and I, I, that was, had to be one of my favorite moments when he introduced himself, said his name. And followed by, with a straight face, I am not a cat. <laughs> by the way, which you couldn't say the same for the attorney who you know, was a right. cat on the Zoom. 
<laughs> I played that clip. I'm embarrassed to say, I honestly, I replayed that clip at least 50 times. My husband was like, will you please stop playing it? I was like, but it's just so funny. And it just embodies everything that we've all been going through over the last year, trying to get, you know, all of our technical connections <laughs> to work. <laughs> all right. So, so I, I have a bit of a, of, of, of a marketing observation and you as a good CMO, you tell me uh, if this kind of works. The Wall Street Bets moment for Reddit, this was your earned platform, uh, your earned yeah. program, and yes. Super Bowl was your paid. Yeah. You, yeah. I mean, it's kind of interesting very smart. Uh, how, how that, that's orchestrated. I'm very smart. I'm, I'm giving you, you, you did this. This, this is a Roxy Young brainchild here. Earned for Wall Street <laughs> Bets, paid on Super Bowl. But, but let's maybe unpack Super Bowl a little bit because I think uh, you did something really disruptive that you know we appreciate as a disruption company. Mm-hmm. I will say that we tried and succeeded to do something disruptive as well with one of our clients, Mountain Dew. And I think the two biggest stories coming out of the Super Bowl was Mountain Dew and Reddit. And yeah. uh, I, think, I think what was interesting about it, and I think your idea was so wonderfully done, was that it was a true disruption. So yeah. uh, just for those who don't know, it was a five-second spot in the mm-hmm. game, but the mm-hmm. five-second spot was like a Pandora's box that opened you up into this <laughs> wonderful world of Reddit because if you screen-grabbed it or if you just yeah. started to follow along, it was magnificent. So maybe talk to us a little bit about the genesis of the five-second yeah. Reddit. I'd love, I'd love to. So 2021, as all good marketers did, we entered the year with this amazing plan and you know laid out what we wanted to do every quarter and as the month of january started to unfold it became very evident that our plan was not going to work and we were going to need to pivot and adjust we went into the year thinking that for the first time we would execute something in the us as well as the uk which was a brand new market that we launched late in 2020 we thought we would do it sometime around mid Q2. And as I started watching everything unfold with Wall Street bets, I couldn't not turn the television on and hear somebody talking about Reddit, somebody talking about our communities, how our communities were impacting things in the real world. And it was very clear that Reddit was having this moment. And as a marketer, it's my responsibility to seize moments like that and to extend them and to use them as a springboard to invite more people in, to help more people understand the value that our product is bringing to millions of people. I knew that the Super Bowl was a fantastic opportunity for a brand to you know, step into a conversation. And I felt like we had earned the right to potentially step into that conversation. But in reality, we were short on time. We were short on money. You know, we didn't have assets at the ready. And so what we had to do is, you know, we had to sit down and get creative and and brainstorm our partners for both creative and media uh, as RGA, the San Francisco office. And on Monday, February 1st, We said, hey, we want to have a conversation with you guys early on Monday. You know, we'd all been watching the events unfold the prior week. And on Monday, February 1st, we sat down, we talked through several concepts with our GA, and they brought to the table something that was really interesting. I hadn't considered it, which was using time as a dimension, both creatively and also from a budget perspective as well. And so, you know, I think everybody just assumes, you know, okay, if you're going to go into the Super Bowl, it has to be at least 30 seconds. 
And when they brought that dimension of time to the table as an element that we could explore, I knew instantly that we had to move forward, that if we could pull this off, we Mm. absolutely had to move forward. And so over the next few days, that, you know, Monday, February 1st, is when we evaluated the concept and Thursday, which was the fourth Thursday morning, our creative was due. So mm. we didn't have a lot of time to second guess ourselves or to go back and forth. And so by Tuesday morning, RGA let us know that we could execute the media buy. They went off and worked their magic and figured out you know, how we could bring this to life. So by Tuesday morning, we had confirmed that we could move forward and then we started working on on the creative and we had about two days to bring it together before wow. it was due on Thursday. Amazing. Wow. Well, I want to talk about the process in one second about yeah. internally, but I, I do want to give a shout out to our friends over there at RGA. Great idea. And I think I think the copy was fantastic. I think that uh, yeah. how this actually worked was it was a great headline. <laughs> you know, you, 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 you created an engagement. But I, I also think that there were two other things that are very important to underscore here. One was, I think you you captured something very emotional, which was uh, this idea of underdogs can accomplish just about anything when they come together. So I think you really tapped into something very human. And I think, again, as a good marketer, I think you got the sales message in. So powerful (laughs) powerful things happen when people rally around something they really care about. And there's a place for that. It's called Reddit. So when yeah. if, you, if you just broke this down, apart yeah. from the disruption, but when you yeah. look at the fundamentals, and as somebody who has read mm-hmm. around walked down Wall Street, you will appreciate fundamentals. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> the fundamentals of this as a piece of communication were spot on. So kudos to you and the team. Just fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and I'm happy to share a little bit more about that process because it was very condensed in terms of we didn't have a lot of cycles. So when we saw the original concept on February 1st, many of those elements that you just shared, the very engaging headline, wow, this actually worked, was there. The word underdogs was there. And the closing line about powerful things happening when people come together was there. So the intro, this emotional connection to underdogs, and then the result being all these things happen on Reddit was there. So those three things were there. So kudos to our partners over at RGA who really understood those key elements. So intro, the body, and and the ending were there. And across the two teams, we revved for a few cycles on some of the exact words and, you know, did some editing to just tighten it up. We did a rev, they did a rev, and, and we kind of landed on something that was concise, was human, was authentic. And I think what made it easy to execute is we knew in our hearts what we wanted to say. Many of those Mm. things that you highlighted, uh, we knew in our hearts what we wanted to say. And so it didn't take a long time to to get those 11 sentences just right because we all knew it. We felt it. We had been watching it. And I'm glad that it resonated. You know, I think I knew at the very least that it would be disruptive. And, you know, people have asked, you know, were you nervous? Were you scared? And honestly, I wasn't nervous. I I knew that Reddit was having a moment. I felt like we had earned our right to be present. 
in a time as big as the Super Bowl. But what I wasn't sure of is if those words were exactly right and if they were really going to resonate. And so I was glad to see that, you know, many of them did, which was great. Was this hard to sell to your organization, to the board? You know, we, you know, we've worked with Apple since <laughs> yeah. 1983, when uh, right before we came up with 1984. And I must say that yeah. Steve Jobs did not have an easy time convincing the board that 1984 was the idea to do. How did it go with your yeah. Not, it, it was complete opposite. Not at all. I will, I probably should release this because it's, it's really funny and it would be like a good part of the backstory. But every Tuesday morning, we have our C staff meeting uh, with our CEO, our COO. And on Tuesday morning, you know, which was, you know, after this Monday that I'd had a great conversation with our GA and they right. brought this to the table in my weekly update, you know, where I was like, oh, you know, I did this, I did this, the team's feeling this. I had like a last little bullet that was like, oh, and by the way, I'm thinking about doing something for the Super Bowl. It's going to be about five seconds. I think it's going to be an interesting, creative idea. Let me know if anybody has any big issues or concerns. It's within the budget, so don't you know? Don't worry about it. We found a way to do it within the budget, and uh, and every single person, you know, our general counsel, our CEO, our COO, our you know head of product was like, great, awesome, this is fantastic, and every single person unanimous was like, yeah, go for it, absolutely. I didn't really share that much. I just said it's in the budget. It's going to be interesting. You know, it's going to be shorter. I think it'll be a little more disruptive. And our CEO was actually the person who suggested that we lean into Superb Owl, which is a community <laughs> about owls. He was like, oh, you should you know, find a way to weave Superb Owl in there. It's always their day. They have a big moment. So I was like, great suggestion. But no, it wasn't hard at all, which you know, I think kind of speaks to our values at Reddit mm. and how we really just you know, lean into our brilliantly absurd tone as a brand. And so, yeah, it was very funny. That is no, no second guessing. <laughs> that is like, okay, so to our listeners trying to sell stuff in, just slide it in, <laughs> slide put it, it in. just in a bullet point, tell it's them it's in budget. Yeah. <laughs> Don't make a big deal. It was really, it was pretty funny. Yeah, I looked back and then the following Monday's update was like, we ran the ad. Did well. <laughs> Love it. That is so good. It's like you're talking about Roxy, like dimensions of time, and, how, and I'm like, are we in a Christopher Nolan movie? Like, what's <laughs> happening here? You know. <laughs> but I gotta ask. Okay, what is your favorite superb owl? You know, mine is the great horned owl. What is yours? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think mine is the elf owl. It's Ooh. the smallest owl only about four or five inches tall. I didn't even know that there was like an owl that small, uh, only a few ounces. And so I just love the idea of like this little diminutive owl that, you know, you can maybe fit in your hand. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So to our listeners who give a hoot about owls. <laughs> by, by, by the way, for the record, I like the owl from the old school Tootsie Pop commercial. Ooh, How many licks does it oh, take to get yeah. to the chocolate center of a Tootsie Pop? Let's see. Yeah. One, two, three. <laughs> That is a that is a good one. <laughs> um, I'm, here from, I'm here for the random references. <laughs> <laughs> um, so so Roxy, as we typically do in our uh, disruptor series, we do want to pivot a bit to your journey and kind of find out how you got to where you are. So tell us a bit about how you got your start in the industry and ultimately how you became this pretty awesome CMO of Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what I love to share with people is that 
my journey was actually like pretty zigzaggy, if you will. And I like to call myself a full stack marketer because I've done so many different things in, mm. in marketing. And I think that has, it's just sharpened my skill set and been really beneficial. But I got my start 20 plus years ago. So I'm you know, aging myself here. Her skin does Working. not look it. <laughs> <laughs> I've been, I, I've been, you know, been around for you know, a little over 20 years, but I got my start at, you know, a brand people may know, which is the gap. And I was coming out of business school and I got this amazing job, sent my resume on the internet and I got a job in strategy at the gap which was a fantastic way to start your career was working in strategic planning at the gap mm. and the things that we were working on were five ten year really big picture things and i was deep in the weeds you know as the new person on the team you know running all the models pulling all of the data looking at quant looking at qual looking at competitive analysis and it was just this phenomenal experience in terms of the people that I got visibility into. You know, I was sitting in a lot of meetings with very senior people, hearing how they think about hard business decisions. And so I think it was just this amazing experience where I got to see all of the cross-functional parts of a business come together over you know a period of two years and all the different things that I worked on. After doing that, I realized, okay, wow, the gap is really a big marketing engine and I want to have more functional ownership and uh, moved into a marketing role at the gap. And I was this, you know, kind of quantitative strategy person. And so I didn't have a lot of hands-on marketing skills and moved into this role called marketing effectiveness, which was, you know, help us understand how effective our spend is. And from there, you know, just kind of worked my way into the various parts of marketing, but really starting from the quantitative end of the spectrum, mm. moving over to the more qualitative brand end of the spectrum. And the reason that I'm at Reddit is because I spent a few years working with Steve Huffman, who is the co-founder and uh, current CEO of Reddit at a travel company called Hitmunk. And I, I ran marketing there, got to know Steve. And when Steve came back to Reddit, which was in 2015, we stayed in touch and I ended up coming over to Reddit in 2017. And I've been there for almost four years now. Oh, wow. That's amazing. And so what's interesting is that you kind of came into marketing from the logic side. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yes. And then you look for ways to get into the magic because I think that's, yeah. that's what we have, right? I mean, it's, it's logic yeah. and magic. You're, yeah, you're, you're exactly right. And I like to refer to it as, as head and heart. I came to marketing from the head side. What is the head saying? You know, is this logical? Is this rational? And I just, I, I had this amazing journey through all of these different brands, you know, Gap, Netflix, Sephora, where I learned the heart, you know, and I learned the heart from so many great inspirational people. And so it definitely, I think, took me a little while to embrace the heart as part of the toolkit. I think very much naturally, you know, I, I leaned on the head. And I think in general, marketing has become more quantitative, more yeah. data intensive over time. And I think, you know, that 
played into some of my skill set and maybe some of my natural in- inclination. And, and I've, I've really had to learn to balance both the head and the heart to come together, you know, to make those really impactful marketing moments. You're saying something very powerful here because, you know, in, in my career, you know, which is long, even, even I'm even older than you with, with worse skin. And, um, <laughs> Your skin looks great too. Uh, oh, thank you. you must be following all the tips on skincare addiction. I got a regime. Um, <laughs> but I think what's interesting is something you said, uh, Roxy, is that you know people tend to lean on the logic. They lean on the data yeah. because you need to take a little bit of a leap to go yeah. to the heart, as, as you say. So was, is there any way to help, I'll use a Star Trek analogy, to help the Spocks of the world be a bit more Captain Kirk? <laughs> yeah, you know, what, what I can say is the data, I feel like the data is going to get you 60 or 70 percent of the way there, but the remainder of it is really how you package it up, how you present it, how you visualize it. And I think 100% accuracy on, on the data and not having compelling creative it's not going to get you to where you want to go. And, and you know, and I, and I think I, I realized that at some point, you know, the numbers are only going to get you so far. And then you have to bridge that other component by understanding your customer, you know, embracing how mm. to capture your message in words, in visuals, and you need both pieces. And, and so I think for me, it was realizing that, you know, I could know every single number and every single spreadsheet about every single RFM metric. But if my idea wasn't right, and if my creative wasn't right, I wasn't going to get to the results that I wanted. And I realized that I really had to embrace that there is a piece of this function called marketing, which is in the storytelling, which is in the visualization, you know, which is in how you creatively execute. Yeah. I mean, it's so interesting even just hearing that you got your start at Gap kind of straight out of school because at that time, I mean, those ads were iconic. They were iconic. They yeah. were iconic. And and honestly, I was looking, you know, I was thinking back on my career and all the different things that I've learned along the way. And the things that I learned and was able to observe at the gap was the time and attention that we would spend on photo shoots mm-hmm. and yeah. how we would conduct these photo shoots with lighting and casting. And you're right, like that was the magic that was their creative and and how they presented their very simple, high quality product. But in this setting that was creatively uniquely theirs, absolutely. And, And so, you know, I think every brand has its version of that, but you're absolutely right. It's interesting too. The other thing is planning five, 10 years in advance, you know, when yeah. you look at, <laughs> when you look at, you know, the, the role of that, C- right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you look at the role of CMOs and even when you read, you know, HBR and, and all of these yeah. sort of things, you know, the tenure of CMOs is even getting shorter and shorter and shorter yeah. over time. And so people are looking for sort of short-term wins, especially because you're evaluated almost like quarter by quarter to a degree, right? And so to think that you kind of got your start at a place that was literally investing in five-year, 10-year plans. And with that, it showed. I mean, those ads literally ran for a decade, it feels (laughs) like, you know? And so how are you sort of bringing that kind of long-term thinking into sort of what you're doing now? I think Reddit is a great example of that. I came to Reddit in April of 2017. There was no marketing team. I came over. I was one, one person and there was a lot to do. You know, we were 
uh, a brand that was over a decade old. We hadn't always really nurtured and guided our brand. We had a really talented sales team that was out in the market selling Reddit and, and the power of Reddit that didn't have enablement materials or, or a core value proposition. And, and so, you know, things were inconsistent in terms of how we were, were delivering that message. And I think what I had to do was I had to share what my plan was in year one, in year two, in year three, in year four. I didn't have Super Bowl on there, just so you guys know. <laughs> it, it was not on there, but I was very transparent in terms of letting people know that um, you know where we were, which was one person, to, to where we needed to be was going to be a multi-year journey in terms of building our business marketing team to go out and talk to advertisers, building our consumer marketing team to really think about our brand and, and the role that it plays and how it stimulates growth and then everything in, in between. And so, you know, I, I would encourage marketers out there who are stepping into a role to share that multi-year vision of what they can bring to the organization and, and get people inspired and bought in. And I think that they'll be along for the journey. I was just reading this article earlier this week about three different kinds of CMOs, ones that are isolationists who kind of do their craft in isolation, ones who are unifiers, who are bringing the organization together, yeah. you know, under a common vision. Uh, and I think the third was, you know, a friendly, which was kind of somewhere in, in between. And so I think to the extent that people who are leading marketing can attempt to be unifiers and bring people along that journey, which is oftentimes multi-year, will help. It will definitely help bring all of the organizational elements together and hopefully contribute to CMO tenure increasing. Excellent. Well, Roxy, I mean, this has been a masterclass here. This has uh, been quite a quite a conversation. Uh, this is the point of the show where, where we, we ask you to give uh, someone a piece of advice. So, I mean, what's a piece of advice you'd give to one of your fellow CMOs in this day and age between the pressure to perform, we got performance marketing, and here you are like, hey, let's calibrate head and heart and do something like a five-second yeah. spot on the Super Bowl. <laughs> give your fellow peers a piece of advice. Yeah, you know, I I like to tell my peers when, when I'm talking to them to be comfortable being uncomfortable. I, I know that's a lot of words and it, it sounds confusing, but I think marketing is changing so much. It has changed so much over my 20 years. And every single day, there is something that feels slightly uncomfortable. And that's a good thing. That That means that you know, we're doing new things, we're trying new things, you know, we're, we're maybe doing things that we didn't know how, how to do. And so, you know, I think to the extent that people can just embrace that there's a big piece of this role where you're just, you know, going to feel a little bit uncomfortable and that's okay. That means you're learning. That means you're doing something that, you know, maybe hasn't been done before and embracing that and enjoying that, you know, versus, um, you know, maybe being, you know, stressed about that and not having, you know, full control. I think that's going to enable you to act faster, to take advantage of all of the new technologies and channels that are emerging and just allow you and your team to do your best creative work. Fantastic. Comfortable being uncomfortable. That's not that yeah. many words. That's actually good <laughs> advice. <laughs> you know? Now, do you have any advice for people looking to make their fortune on Wall Street Bets? 
I don't invest in, in individual stocks uh, personally, but I, I do get a lot of tips from other communities on Reddit. And I, and I think what uh, we can conclude from this conversation is that if you invest in skincare products, you have a proven ROI. So, so maybe we'll start <laughs> there. Yes. <laughs> Very good. Well, Roxy, we can't thank you enough. Uh, you've been an inspiration before we knew you. And uh, now that we know you, uh, it, it's just been great. And it's been wonderful uh, chatting with you and getting to know you. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Disruptor Series podcast, Adweek's agency podcast of the year. Craving more disruption? Visit us at tbwashydayny.com. <laughs>